Are you tired of all the dating games, rules, and societal norms that make falling in love confusing and stressful? Then join us as we ditch the script and empower you to establish healthy, conscious relationships. This weekly podcast breaks down popular dating reality television and educates you on healthy versus toxic dating habits. I'm Brianna, a licensed therapist. And I'm Alex, a trauma-informed and certified narcissist recovery coach. Are you ready to ditch the script? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year is a song happy, that I just made up. Happy, happy, happy New Year. <laughs> That's it. That, that, <laughs> thank you for coming like, to our show. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Tickets are sold at the door exclusively. Um, I, no refund. That was, like, that was like a Will Ferrell as Elf Happy New Year song. Oh, yeah. 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 I love you and I love you. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Crushed it. It's January 1st. Uh, It is. Tomorrow will be January 2nd, whenever it will. Yeah. And happy day two. Here we are. Happy day two. Happy day two of 2023, you all. Um, I hope you had a lovely new year's and we're safe and happy and partying and abundant in all the ways um brie and i had a little facetime date for our new year's we eve did. it was really sexy she dressed up and i had on a sweatshirt <laughs> yeah was i dressed i also had a sweatshirt on you looked so pretty i mean you look uh, pretty right now too but thanks. i was very much like day two hair not yeah. about it like <laughs> yeah Listen, you were working also. I was like That's out in true. the world playing. I was I was decorating a party all day for the drag yeah. queens. Hey girls. Hey. hey girls. Um that was really fun that we did last night. It doesn't top our the last New Year's that we properly spent together. Oh my god. Many years ago. God, what year? I think that was going into 2010. I think it was 2009 yeah, that was, into 2010. It was. It was I was yeah. a freshman in college. Oh my God! What? Yeah, I was yeah, a senior was in a, high school. You were a senior in high school, which I, I'm glad that we refreshed. What time of year this was? I'm I just turned 19 years old, mm. um, like a couple months prior. I was 17. <laughs> and what did we end up doing? I didn't like. Okay, so we were kind of talking about this a little bit last night, and we were thinking about like, uh, what did we do? Where were we? Which we'll get into. Now I'm fully appreciating just how young we were. I know. I mean, Yikes. don't get me wrong. I love my life now and like all the things, but what I would give to be able to go back in that time and start getting to where I am sooner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Girl>, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that was such a fun night. You, me, we were, I know we got ready at Lara's house and I remember you borrowing my like Panther or cheetah print heels that night, did. which were like stripper a heels. A they were a stripper. look, they had yeah. the platform and the heel. It was and like, the they had like a slingback, like, yeah, thing. <laughs> okay. So I, I also, I remember what I was wearing. I remember you were wearing, I was yeah. wearing like a blue, the, first of all, this was from forever 21. Shout Love out it. if you know, you know. Classic. Um, you know. Yeah. Like a, a, a tube top blue, like mini dress. You look dress. hot. 
You looked really hot. We still have Thanks. photos of this night, and they're they're great. Yeah, we I was do. wearing and a you... fucking sundress. Who let me go out on New Year's Eve no, in a goddamn you... sundress? But you looked gorgeous. <laughs> you looked stunning. You looked like you looked like elegant, sexy. If that makes oh, sense. Oh, thank you. Elegant, which is sexy. hysterical because uh. we, you were seventeen <laughs> and I was nineteen. So I kind of looked like I looked very like no one was no one. I wasn't hiding the fact that I was from New Jersey. Like I think I just described the most <laughs> oh, New Jersey shit. 2009 2010 outfit. Her that inner snooky came out, bitch. Girl, I did it ever. And you looked like elegant and beautiful, but also hot. And we needed that because we went to Atlantic Ave in Delray. Yes, we did. Delray Beach, Florida. With and Laura Patty. and Patty and Some all of their friends. Blondes <laughs> we that we don't remember the names of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we went to Atlantic Ave. And if, if you're familiar with the area, Atlantic Ave, or if you're not familiar, Atlantic Ave has all of these like restaurants and bars just like down this one main strip. Yeah. And obviously we're underage. Um, yeah. Obviously we're trying to like get into a bar. I don't think that we were. I was the youngest. Laura and all of you were freshmen in college. I was the PD yeah. of the group, even though I was the tallest of the group. The, me that's that what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, so, if there was anyone that was going to be like, who's not 21 here, it wasn't going to be you. <laughs> like you, um, this is what I'm trying to say. Like the way that you were dressed and the way that you looked that night, I'm like, yeah, she's like 25. I, with my little snooky outfit, my snooky costume, I'm like, who am I fooling? No, you look so good. We got in. Yeah. And so the thing about um, these bars and restaurants uh, on Atlantic Ave in Delray Beach, Florida, is that it's literally on the water. And so they all have Florida ceiling windows. So basically, we didn't go in a door. We just walked through a window. A window. And we mm -hmm. belonged. We, oh, listen, we, we belonged. We were part of the party. I don't think that we were drinking much. Like, I don't really feel like that was I don't our remember. purpose there. I remember drinking when we got to our friend's house that we left yes. after. Yeah. And we took shots of margarita with Jose Cuervo, extra Jose Cuervo, in Family Guy shot cups. Do you remember? And we watched yes, Family we were Guy. Playing, yeah, we were playing And we like had to take shot a shot. Game. Every time your character spoke, which was dumb. I think I made the rules Stupid. up to those, those games, that game, and we all got fucked up. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about the Family Guy shock game. Yeah. It's all Ooh. coming back to me now. Yeah. Well, so we weren't drinking before we got there, when we got no. to your friend's house. And that was like, oh, my God, how many parts did we have to this New Year's Eve experience? We had a lot. We went to Mickey D's in between there, too. Yeah, yeah we had to. That was necessary. It was a thorough New Year's Eve. It was thorough. Yeah. It was thorough. Honestly, like, it was very, like, I was really grateful to have it because it felt very classic, like, you're doing New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. In which now, doing New Year's is FaceTiming. <laughs> and looking at your galaxy light on the ceiling. Yeah, which I have actually <laughs> set up today. So it's Beautiful. a vibe. And it's I and fun. I'll have to send you a video because I got all the colors. You, you figured it I mean? out. Oh, good. good you can good, also good, make good. your own color setting. So. Yes. Yeah, you I was like pick whatever color it. you want. Yeah, yeah. You can make a combo of colors. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is the evolution of like New Year's when you're 17 slash 19, and New Year's when you're 30 and 31. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You couldn't have been 17. Yeah. You had to have been 18. No. I was seven. Oh, I turned no. I turned eighteen in March, so in it was March. right before. 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's okay it's okay my sister stuck me into a bar when i was 16 in la and that was like way worse of a ground like grind like grungy scene is what i'm looking yeah. for so we're fine we're fine no you, one cares i lived no. you lived we're okay yep, we sure did we sure did we were absolutely living was this the same this i think this was the same trip that you and i went to disney a little it bit was. later Wow. I think it was before. Was it later or before? before? Did we go to before? I think but it was, was like before. the same like winter. It was winter time. It had this to have been you would have gone boy. to school. Waffle Stick Boy. Listen, waffle if Stick you're, Boy. If you're unfamiliar with Waffle Stick Boy, you have to listen to our first or second episode of this podcast where we get into it. Oh, get Waffle it? Stick Boy. God, I wonder what he's doing with his life now. Probably not rolling waffle sticks for Ghirardelli hot I chocolate. I really hope not. That, yeah. You know, he's probably He's probably 30. happily married and with, with children. To Waffle Stick Girl. To Waffle Stick Girl. <laughs> so happy or for guy. you guys. He or could be, guy. He could be. Be married to this Waffle is true. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Whatever. He met someone you, on. Yeah. He met we, someone we on Pleasure Island. We support you. We love you. He met someone on Pleasure yeah. Island. He did. Yeah. Absolutely. He did. There was no way around. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what um, you doing? Making waffle sticks. What a journey. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, we were hanging out last night and this is going to be a secret between the two <gasps> of us, but Alex, Alex and I were, uh, we'd, we'd invited ourselves to do, so, do a ritual, a ritual at night because we got mm -hmm. off like before midnight because yeah. we're old. It was and... 1130 Eastern, 830 for me. Yes. Which is is my bedtime anyway. Let's be clear this here. Is perfect. <laughs> yeah, it this was perfect. perfect. So I started to wind down, and I should have burned some Palo Santo. I'll do that today. And mm -hmm. yeah, and so we we agreed on a ritual. Did you do it? Of course I did. Did you? Yeah, me too. <laughs> there was virtual by the way, there was five. no virtual high five. Boom. Ritual high five. Um, yeah. There was no pressure to do the ritual. It was more of a, we're just going to check in and did it happen or did it not? Yeah. And we both completed the assignment. Yeah, we sure did. Done. Um, in more ways than one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I had, I had, um, um, I, I had a, an intro topic that I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Before let's we talk get into Love it. is Blind season three. Oh God. Um, I wanted to ask you, this seems to be like a very polarizing discussion. The statement, not the statement. What do you think about couples who don't share a bed together? In oh, I think it's great. Oh my God. Are you kidding? I want I, it. I, I want that. Agree. I agree. Are you kidding me? Yeah, 100%. I think that um, this like idea, first of all, let's like take it back to period times, like early 1900s. It was actually normal for uh, the husband and wife to have different rooms and they called them dressing rooms and then they would choose yes. to sleep together when they felt like it, right? Yes. So it's not something that's like unheard of, right? I think this idea that it's a reflection of something negative happening in your relationship is complete bullshit. I think for the majority of people, 
having opposite bedrooms and being able to really sleep well, have the space you need, not fight over blankets. For me, I'm a light sleeper. My last partner was a fucking insane snorer. And so it was a challenge. Like I had to navigate that. So I think for circumstances like where it's better for your relationship, if you don't have issues sharing a a bed with your partner, this doesn't apply to you. But if it's something that you think would be better for the happiness of your relationship and your own mental health and your own physical health in 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 general in a lot of cases go yeah. for it go yeah. for it who the Thank fuck cares you. yeah seriously it gets such a bad rep and and so while we're exploring the the benefits and the positives of um sleeping in separate bedrooms or sleeping in separate beds as a couple we don't necessarily mean to say this is what should be the case this should be the norm for everyone no. It is okay if you still choose to like sleep in the same bed and that feels very comfortable for you and you sleep better and yeah. that's how you connect all of those things. That's really great. We're, we're just trying to like, um, destigmatize the idea yeah. of sh- sleeping in separate beds, because I think what tends to be the assumption when people talk about like, okay, sometimes couples go through a rough part. Maybe they didn't start sleeping in separate separate bedrooms, but they go through a rough patch. They sleep in separate bedrooms and then they start to realize, oh, I actually sleep a lot better. We're still working on our stuff, but I actually sleep a lot better. And I think people hear that and they're like, well, they're not sleeping in the same bed yet. And it's like, that doesn't have to be the goal. No. It really doesn't. No. I really think that it's important to be able to debunk that and explore okay. what, if it feels good to you. And like you said, for your mental health, for your physical health, if it feels good to you to be able to sleep in separate bedrooms, that is probably going to help your relationship a lot more. Huge. Yeah. Now, you also do need to make time and space to facilitate intimacy in your relationship. Yeah. If intimacy is important to you, if sex is important to you, you can also be intimate in a lot of ways outside of sex. Um, but it, like, you're not going to be sharing that like time alone every night, which sometimes gets old anyway. Yeah. And people take that time and space for granted anyway. So sleep at separate bedrooms, invite intimacy in other ways. Yeah. And I think that like, like, it doesn't need to be a hard and fast rule in either way. Like I think having the option, like for me personally, what would be ideal for my future relationship is to have the option is to each have our own bedroom and we can have slumber parties when we want to, right? Maybe we sleep together two or three nights out of the week. And then the other nights we are in our own rooms or vice versa. We sleep the majority of the time on our own, but maybe on the weekends we spend, you know, like, and it feels exciting. Like we're just dating Like we're, starting to date again because now it's something to look forward to instead of something we feel obligated to do and then it builds resentment because it's like oh my god will you stop snoring oh my god will you stop sealing the covers oh my god will you please stay on your side of the bed like I think a lot of times people are more fearful of assigning like potential meaning to like what does it mean if we sleep in different bedrooms nothing yeah. it means whatever meaning you give it it means nothing you know? So it's like, I, I'm all for it. I think, I think a lot of relationships actually would be saved if they, if they would be more open-minded about it. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I think people just assume it's this like kiss of death for your relationship and And it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I know so many couples who are happy. I do do too. Yeah. 
I do too. You still want to, I think it's the, the hardest thing is people getting over the assumption that they have about it, you yeah. know, that this means that we're not doing well. This means that like our sex life is gone. No, your sex life needs work. And your sex life was going to need work. Even if you were staying in the same bed, probably more. Because it's like, yeah. how turned on are you? Like, for me, you know, and I, I want to be clear here, like, this wasn't necessarily a thought that crossed my mind, but I'm sure it is for other people. But like, it's not sexy when you're trying to sleep and you're like, and if you are a light sleeper like myself and you have a partner that snores, that like for a lot of people can build resentment. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like you get angry at this thing that this person can't necessarily control because control. of whatever is going on, but because it's affecting your sleep, it lowers your ability to be patient. It lowers your body's ability to repair itself overnight because you're not getting the deep sleep you have. And that's not sexy. And that's not contributing to the emotional intimacy. It's actually deteriorating from it. So it's like, if we can just be open-minded about trying these different setups, you know, it's all trial and error. Find out what works for you. Keep the door of communication wide open, you know, that is actually going to breed more emotional intimacy than forcing yourself to share a bed because quote unquote, it's the right thing to do, or this is what couples that are happy do like, no, no. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, God, we're in agreement. I fucking love that. I'm like yeah. all about it. <laughs> like dream. Yeah, I figured, I figured that we'd feel the same way. Um, I, I'm just like tired of people assuming that it's a bad thing. We have to like get out of that thinking. Or if you, if you yeah. rather, if you're listening to this and maybe this is the first time that you've heard people uh, explore why this could be a good thing for your relationship. And cause you come with the assumption that it's negative, it's bad, it's doomsday for your sex life. Try to unpack why you believe that to begin with and see what comes up because yeah. that's worth exploring. <laughs> yeah. 100%. 100 Okay. okay. Love is blind. L -I -B. Love is blind with blind? a capital B. Question mark. <laughs> Love is. Uh, I don't have anything. Anyway, love is blind. Here we are. Love is we blind. We are in the last couple of episodes. Where we are is the. Um, we see the couples spend time with each other, sometimes with the additions of family, uh, friends, whatever, before their weddings. And then we see one and a half weddings. One and a half weddings, yeah. And then we have we have what we don't cover today and what we will cover next week is we have the rest of the weddings yeah. and the reunion. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. I, okay. Uh, yeah. Where do you want yeah, to start? Yeah, where are we going to start? Oh, shit. Probably Zena. Okay. Bartisa and Nancy. Cole. Oh, okay. Zena and oh. Cole, sure. <laughs> yeah, 100. I'm going to spritz some lemongrass energizing aromatherapy spray so we can really bring the tea. Let's bring it. Let's we clear the space. Yeah, it's cleared. Uh, so we see we see Zenib and we see Cole doing a dancing lesson and then like chatting afterwards. And the yeah, and they are happy. It's the first time that I really see Cole start to express. Here's my issue with Cole is he always is like, you're beautiful. We look good together. I can see myself marrying you. It's like, can you state 
something about your fiance that's not surface fucking level. Like, I appreciate you for your open-mindedness. I appreciate you for your ambition. I appreciate you for how you hold space for me. I don't know, something cool, but like not you're hot and you look so beautiful and I love your red lipstick. What the fuck? Are we five? Like, yes. Okay. That's what I have to say. Also, the dance instructor's name was Alex and I was like, of course it is. (laughs) Of course it's Alex. We're always dance instructing. Every Alex in the world. Yeah, it really Um, bothered me. What about you? Yeah, I, I think that like, uh, I didn't pay so much attention to like Cole's statement shallowness, <laughs> even though, even though like I very much it's agree there. With you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think what I see is like them trying to like lean into these moments that feel good for them. Zeneb is very guarded. I, I think that she's probably guarded for very good reasons, especially with someone like Cole, who is 100, um, been, it been really difficult to be around, but, uh, she's incredibly guarded with him. And I just wonder, just as a curiosity about her as an individual, I wonder how that interferes with other connections that she's had in the past. Yeah. I'm, you know, if we're going to dab into attachment style, she seems a little avoidant to me, especially with how Mm. she moves into nitpicking and criticizing Cole, which I do want to talk about next. Are we good to to go there? Let's go go there. there, Cause shit blows up. Ship blows up. So they go on their dancing date and they have a, re- they, you know, Cole expresses what I just said. You know, I can imagine us. I can imagine myself saying I do. And Zainab was like, oh, Cole, I'll accept that. Okay, cool. They go on their yacht date. It's another great date. He's like expressing how attracted he is to her. Great. Happy for them. Whatever. So now we move forward into a scene where Zay is coming home from work and Cole is trying to make her dinner, which I thought was really sweet. I actually was really proud of Cole when I saw him like doing this on his own. Um, but here's, here's where, and this happens, this happens a lot in relationships. And I really want to just like lovingly call out anyone who does this because you are enabling it's, it makes it worse, not better. So Zay comes home And she starts hijacking his dinner that he's making for her by starting off at first just helping, but then it becomes criticizing how he was cooking the dinner. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, why are you doing the potatoes last? The everything else is going to be done before the potatoes. The potatoes take longest to cook. The chicken isn't seasoned. Please season it. You know, all of these things. She starts the wine glass comment and like, whatever. So... My issue with this is this. If we, every woman on this planet wants her partner to make her dinner, it is a sexy thing, right? For a guy to make a, you know, I'm talking heterosexual dynamics right now, but in general, it's so nice when our partners decide to take care of us in this way. And we cannot request, hey, babe, I'd love it if you'd make dinner for me. And then set a silent expectation that they are going to cook dinner the way that I would cook dinner. That they are going to season the chicken the way that I would season the chicken. That they are going to make the potatoes in the right timing that I would make the potatoes. Right? Right. And it becomes a little bit contemptuous on Zainab's end. Because in her mind, and I fucking get it, girl. Okay? I get it. Her, she's probably thinking you're a grown-ass man and really? Right? But the issue is that, again, 
You cannot make the request and have a silent expectation or think that because of someone's age, they are going to do something in the way that you would do it. And so when we start, if we are going to make the request, our job is to show appreciation first and foremost. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you wanting to do this, you know, and, and just, I, I really wanted her to just accept it deal with the bland chicken, add the salt and pepper once it's on the plate, girl, if you need to, you know what I mean? Give him a win. Give him a win. Yes, exactly. And then at the end, be like, you know, this was such a great start. Next time I cook dinner, why don't you help me? And I can show you some tricks. Like make it fun and playful and something that you're building each other up on, not cutting each other down because they aren't meeting the standard that you have set silently. It was like nails on a chalkboard for me. And then it turned into this whole argument. So before we go into the argument, I just want to open the floor. Like what, what did you, what did you, anything you want to add to that? No, I felt, I felt the exact same way. It was, it was hard to watch. And I could, while I agree, like the way that Cole is doing, (laughs) the way that he's doing dinner doesn't make any sense, but also he's in these very early learning stages of exactly taking care of himself and he's trying, he's making an effort. He's trying to, to do something for them. And she, she slipped into what she typically does, which is like make a comment, make a criticism, like redirect. It was all very condescending. And so what I was just feeling is like, while I would agree with some of her points, I didn't find that her making these points in this moment were incredibly appropriate. And I could just feel what that must've been like for Cole to just be making an effort and then feel like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. What's the point of doing any of this? So I understood that while they sat down and they started talking about what was just going on, Cole made this very important, uh, uh, like call to aware, to bring awareness to the fact that it doesn't feel like Zenob really even likes him. And I yeah. agree with Cole. I don't think yeah. she likes him. I think no. that it's very hard to be around him. And she's she's working off of this emotional connection that she built early on that she feels like tethered to the love that she has for him. And yet it's so hard for her to be around him. He's just like, this is who I am. This is where I yeah. am right now. Like, it, it, like if you if you like me if you love me first of all I don't really believe you and then why do I feel like this yeah why does it feel bad and then Zay I didn't like how she kind of slips a little into gaslighting where she's like how can you think that how can you think that I don't like you how right. can you think that and I was like and it wasn't a genuine because like let me be very clear here this is where gaslighting gets really um hard to dis- discern right because there's a difference between baby, can you help me understand how you feel that I don't like you? Can you please? I want to understand so I can make it better. That isn't gaslighting. That's like, please help me understand. I want to know what I'm doing and how that versus, and I don't feel like that's what Zay was doing. It was more like, how can you say that? How can you think I don't like you? If I wasn't here, then I wouldn't like you. You know what I mean? The fact that I'm even here still means that I believe in it still. And it just felt super invalidating for what Cole was trying to communicate. Um, and so then he says something that is never helpful and he puts his foot in his mouth and he says, are you bipolar? Yeah. Which is truly one of the dumber things I've heard on this show. 
Yeah. yeah. And I look, a part of me gets why he pulled, like, reached for that is because now he's trying to protect himself and he's trying to bring her awareness to, like, how she switched. Because she walked in the door and was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. This is so sweet. Let me help. And was like, it was great at first. And then all of a sudden, by the time we're at the dinner table, she's, like, really passively aggressive, angry, has been condescending yeah. and contemptuous towards him during the rest of dinner making. And so... I get why Cole said it. Is it was it smart? No. Was it mature? Well, it, no. No. It clarifies that. Yeah, I, I I believe you. Like he's he's trying to protect himself. He's also um, trying to do what he can to explain why this feels like a switch. But the only it does not clear anything up for Zenith, no. and it only clarifies that he has no idea what being bipolar actually means or looks like. No, he has no. just no fucking idea. It was a total misuse of this word. No, um, yeah, and it seems yes. like he kind of got that, though he still doesn't actually understand what it means. And he didn't take responsibility um, for it because he called right. it. He's like, I didn't mean to say a petty comment. I guess it was a petty comment in the moment. But really, what I felt Cole was trying to say was, babe. It's confusing to me that when you came home, it seemed you were in a great mood. And now by the time we made it to dinner, I feel like you're really angry with me. What's going right. on? Like, Which, but, by the way, still is not what bipolar means. Like, no. people really don't get this shit. <laughs> they really don't, they don't. get this shit. But, but it's yeah, just like he, he he needed to he needed to actually explain what he was, ex he was feeling. What he experienced with yeah. Zeneb. And, and that would have maybe gotten across a little bit more. And I really want to highlight this because we've talked about this before on this show, but this is exactly why when we are in conflict with our partner and we are feeling some kind of way, the power in the I feel statements is uncanny. Because when we start focusing on logistics and what the facts are, like you came in and were happy, then you started helping me with dinner and was not happy. Like that is not helpful here. Because you relaying back to Zay what she did or didn't do isn't the point here. The point here is how what happened affected Cole, right? So it's like mm -hmm. when we are in conflict, you are going to make way more progress when you're with your partner if you can say, hey, baby, I feel really uncomfortable right now because after making dinner, I feel like you're a little upset with me. Are we good? Like, I just want to check in with you, you know? And mm. it would have provided an opportunity. And this is where I'm like, I don't know if Zay would have responded in the way that she was really feeling because what Zay was feeling was, you know, I have this understanding that at this age, we would be in the kitchen cooking a certain way. And I, and really what needs to happen here, and I don't know if Zay's willing to own this is she needs to understand that her standard isn't automatically what other people's standard is in the kitchen. And I don't know if she can own that, you know, because that's really what was upsetting her. And it was all a Zay thing. This was, this was kind of like, you know, like Zay made this argument happen by her own ego kind of getting in the way here. And yeah. then it catered to Cole saying the bipolar comment, which was just inflammatory at that point. Yeah. So, right. Moral of the story is lead with the emotions of what you're feeling and how you can make progress through that feeling with your partner, not on what did or didn't happen. Because at the end of the day, no one gives a fuck what happened or didn't happen. We care about what, how we made each other feel. So, right. yeah, I, I, it was, bad. it was a train wreck. It was a train wreck. And then it, and then because, because of how Cole switched in this conversation, Zenem got up to leave, Cole freaked out, and then the two of them sort of reunited under the guise of 
like them both being here like Cole was like I was I didn't like that you left and I just like I want you to be here and Zenob is like I'm still here obviously I'm still it, it just none it nothing about their relationship resolved. makes sense no there no. was no resolution it was just conflict and then we're gonna sweep it under the rug with I love yous and let's get married because that feels good to focus on this fantasy, right? Like a lot of people think getting married will solve problems. It is in fact the opposite. And so if I'm watching, I'm watching Cole and Zay, it's it's literally like two trains. It's the math problem coming at each other at 80 miles per hour. What's going to happen? It is. It's like, <laughs> uh -huh. oh my God, because they're going to, if they were to get married, which I don't think they will, but if they were, this is going to become 10 times worse, not better. Um, so those of you who think have the same thing with having babies, if you think getting married or having babies is going to make your relationship more stable, you have another thing coming. <laughs> I just think that they are a couple that are such a good example as to why we should not be fighting so hard for a relationship where we clearly do not feel good with each yeah. other. We yeah. don't feel good. Like so many couples hang on because of whatever the origin of love was. And yeah. they are just like, we're hanging on, we're hanging on, we're hanging on. When your relationship looks like theirs, Cole and Zeneb's, they have nothing going for them. As far as I can see, they have nothing going for them outside of their shared faith. And that's it. Like the, and that's sexual it. attraction. Like Right. They have like no other. And it's not even about having anything in common. They just, they add nothing to each other's lives because both of them are a tougher and um, more vulnerable in a, in a tender way um, version of themselves in their relationship together. They are like on guard. They are, uh, you know, at the whim of being attacked. Like it's yeah. just bad. You can see. Cole continued to get look worse and worse and worse. He looks tired. He looks fatigued. He looks disheveled. Like yeah. he looks really unhappy. Even when he talks about Zeneb, like he looks unwell. Yeah. That's and you don't need to hold on huge. to it for that. Yeah. And this is why, like, I don't have, there's this stigma that goes around that's that on social media. That's like, don't use the word toxic. And I, I think toxic relationships is a totally fine phrase to say because of the the toxicity to the physical body that can occur mm. in these dynamics which is what you're describing with cole it first starts with like insomnia but it can turn into ibs and other issues going on yeah. because when you're in that state of stress for a prolonged period of time your body is living in a survival mode so of course it's not going to give a fuck about digesting mm. your food properly it's too busy being on oh my god my partner's the tiger lion bear oh my so stress it's alert. like yeah it's always so i don't you know this is why we can't we need to take the people that we spend the most time with in our lives very intentionally and choose them with you know consciousness because of this dynamic that can go on not only with our mental health but our physical health too so yeah it's it's one of those things where the fear of i have to start over 
I think keeps a lot of people in relationships because the fear of starting over does sound exhausting. Like I have to explain to someone all the shit I've been through, all the lessons I've learned again, how I function, what my pet peeves are. I have to do all of that over again, but I can promise you that doing all of that over again is going to be way healthier for you than staying in an unhealthy relationship where you're quite literally on the edge of your seat all the fucking time. Like, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. No matter how yeah, great the do- sex is. <laughs> No, like you do not need to be with someone just because you love them and have love for them. Like if, if everything else is going sour, like now get out. Yes. I do want to say something that I think is, has been normalized with men. And I want to call bullshit right now. Cause we just, I called Zay out for all her shit. I want to call Cole out for something he says other than the bipolar thing that I'm like, fuck you. Okay. Yeah, and Zay yes. kind of got fuck you too, and it's the yeah. I want someone who's sweet and unassuming. Ooh, F- fine, go find someone who's sweet and unassuming. I agreed with what yeah. Zay said because yeah. here's the deal: I think far too often women who are direct in their communication, women who aren't shy about who they are and are like, Hey, this is what I desire in a relationship. That can be really intimidating to some men who are not in their true masculine power. And again, Mm. I say that from like a grounded consciousness, like they can own who they are, they can hold space, they can honor their own emotions, right? That to me is like true, healthy male mentality, right? Um, And to those like women who who can meet a guy there and be like, this is what I want. And a guy can meet a woman there and be like, that's really great, this is what I want, amazing. But to some, men who are not in that emotionally mature space, a woman who can declare what she wants is terrifying to them because it makes Mm -hmm. them feel inferior, right? Mm -hmm. And so in order for the man to feel better, he wants a woman who is sweet and unassuming, who doesn't speak up, who's (laughs) quiet, who doesn't point out their bullshit, right? And so I just want to say, Like when I heard Cole say that, I kind of, if I was there, I would have been like, tell me more about that. What do you mean by sweet and unassuming? You know, because I get why she reacted that way. And I completely understand, but I don't even think she felt attacked. I don't even think Cole knows what he means when he says that he's just trying to diminish Zay in that moment. Yeah. I think what he actually means is like, I want to be with someone who like, likes to be around me and accepts me for who I am. And, and I that's assume amazing. that that shows up. Right. I think he assumes that he expects that the person that he's going to be with that also likes him and, and likes all of his quirks and oddities is going to respond to him with sweetness, with permission for him to be. He Cole deserves to be with someone that likes him for him. Zenob deserves yeah. to be with someone who... Uh, like appreciates her energy and what she brings to the table. They're clearly yeah. not a match for each other. No, but yeah, Cole. Like, uh, and and also Zenim's a little bit right in that Cole. Like, you don't get to just be a flailing idiot all over the place no. in the way that he does, and just expect that no one's going to call you on your shit. Exactly. Like, do I think? Do I think <sighs> that he deserves all of this criticism about the potatoes, about the Brussels sprouts, about the chicken, and all of these things? No, no, but you don't get to just be this dude who shoots from the hip and literally leaves wreckage in your path. Yeah. Yeah. And has no consequence. Like then you're literally never going to meet that woman unless she is 
killing parts of herself just to be sweet and unassuming for you. Exactly. And so the reason I wanted to bring this up, and this is going to be polarizing too. We might have a very polarizing episode, but I'm just, I come from this background and I want to name it like it is because I'm fucking tired of it. Okay. I grew up in an environment that told me that. That was like, Men only like women who are hot, who will cook and clean and have sex with them. Because a lot of, unfortunately, in a lot of very strict conservative worlds, and from my experience, it was with Protestant Christianity, right? Like, they tell women that so that these men can get away with what they get away with. It's like, you're the mm-hmm. wife, you're, you need to serve your husband. And I am just over it. And I think it's been way too normalized in settings of that nature that are very severe. And it's time for women to be allowed to be the women that we are, who are fucking badasses, because look at how much we do. Even if you are a stay-at-home mom, freaking cleaning the house is a project. Cooking dinner for everyone, getting groceries for everyone, taking care of children, that is a lot. It is not something to be scoffed at or laughed at or must be nice being a full-time mom fuck that i'm so over it okay i have to add and all of those tasks and still with the pressure to be hot and fit and have your hair done and And sweet and unassuming yeah it like that's the thing it's like (laughs) being just even keeping up with these standards is a full-time fucking job on top of all of the other full-time jobs that we also have so Yeah. yeah So I just want to say, like, there's a lot, and I know that my story and, like, where I come from isn't the only type of culture or institution, if you will, where that is uh, pushed in that. Even to the point to to where my ex-partner, when they did meet my parent, and that was what they were told. They were like, literally, my parent told Jordan you will only want someone who's kind and sexy and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, actually, I really appreciate Alex being like calling me out on my shit and me calling her out on and us coming together in that way. I value her for that because that is what true partnership is. And quite literally this parent scoffed at that and was like, you say that now, just wait, you'll end up cheating on her. And it's just like, why, why do we, why do we uh, sitting in that mindset is exactly what propels this type of situation. So I just want to say, I'm over, you know, religious institutions, some government institutions really trying to push this narrative where women need to be in this box because all it really is, is them trying to control us. And I'm not about it. Yes. So not about it. Okay. Period. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Period. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Okay. I just don't think they should get married. Can we just like end them with that? They shouldn't get yeah. married. No one ever should model this relationship. This is not one to, if, if there are parts of you that relate to this relationship and that like, that's how we get on. Like there's, there's this push, there's this pull, but we still love each other at the end of the day. Get either figure out how to actually be in a different kind of relationship with each other. And you're going to need professional help to do that. And you yeah. can go for it. Go for it. But if that's you and that's where you live and you want to continue to live on that street, it will never work out for you. You will resentment is building. They've probably only known each other for like a total of a month. I know it's really sad. It's really sad. I feel bad for both of them, honestly, because it's just both of them. Yeah. It's, it's gnarly. Um, I wonder what the reunion is going to be like. Oh my God. I'm freaking out. (laughs) I am excited to see that. Okay. Who are we going to talk about next? Let's leave, let's leave SK and Raven for the end. Let's talk about, let's talk about, 
Whoa. Hi, Google. Did you hear that? Hey, Google. Hey, girl. Oh, shh, girl, we're Sorry, not talking to you. We have to you. stop saying her name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wonder um, if we lit any other Googles in the ether up, like other people's I don't know. homes. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, but we're going to keep let's moving talk, on. Let's talk she about Man Colleen. Okay. Let's talk let's. about Man Colleen. Um, okay. so Colleen's Ma parents yeah. finally meet Matt. Yeah, go ahead. I like, I like Colleen's parents. Me too. Um, they seem Me like down-ass people. I also thought it was really interesting that, um, Colleen brings up this, like, I, you, you guys know I don't get deep and their parents are like, oh, we know. Like, it was very much like, uh, there was a lot of awareness. Um, I, I, I so desperately Wish that we could chat with Colleen. Colleen, come join us. I wish that we could chat with her to be like, um, where? what's the block between uh, you and exploring your feelings? Because for her, she says, I just don't know where to begin. That's okay. A lot of people relate to that. That's okay. You just start. Yeah. You just, you, yeah. do, you reach a lot for of what's people right don't there. Even yeah, a lot of people don't even know how to label their, I didn't. I used to not know. God, my very, I was 16. The bet one of the best psychiatrists I've ever had in my life, and he was helping me. I, my parents were going through a nasty divorce. There was a lot of other shit going on clearly in my life, and I remember him being like, "When you're with this parent, how do they make you feel?" And I was like, "Excuse me." That felt like a rocket yeah. science like equation, like calculus, like what? Yeah. And so what do you mean, he how whipped do I feel? out. <laughs> yeah, he whipped out a feeling wheel and that's a tool I still use to this day. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised. He was like, I just want you to look at this and circle the words that you feel when you think of being around this person. And embarrassed was one of the words that came up. And I was shocked by that because I couldn't articulate that. But that is exactly how I was feeling. And so for Colleen, I'm like, baby, start there, girl. Like, go on yeah. Google Images, get a feeling wheel and just start there. Like, I feel... How am I feeling? Let me sit and identify the words first, yeah. you know, name it to tame it. And then we'll be able to like get through that with our partner. But what I thought was really interesting was the low key argument, like, like disagreement between Colleen and her parents. Cause she was like, well, you guys aren't like that. And they're like, yes, we are. And here's where I think yeah. this do this is this issue is. And I so wish I could mm. be there with all of them. I think yeah. Colleen's mom and dad with each other share their feelings. I do not think they have modeled to Colleen how to share Ooh. her feelings because Ooh. we are all monkey see monkey do. So if our parents yeah. don't have the ability to sit down with us as children and be like, you know, I'm feeling this way today because of this, and this is how I'm going to take care of myself. Can you give yeah. me the space to have a bubble bath? I'm yeah. going to put your dinner in the fridge, heat it up when you're ready. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. She probably didn't yeah. get that it, because that that's that you know so often i think parents love to blame their children for like where did they learn that from who taught you how to do that and it's like come on y'all look you. in the mirror yeah and it's Literally. like so <laughs> so i thought it was portrait. yeah i thought it was interesting how when colleen said well you know you guys aren't really like that and they were like yes we are like they got defensive yeah i'm like well maybe i kind of wanted to be like maybe you guys are with each other but how often are you sharing your vulnerable into like moments and emotions with Colleen and modeling to her yeah. how to express that? Yeah. I don't think she got right. that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if her parents do that privately and they like sort out and they, they have those discussions, him. which 
they seem, they seem to have they a good seem, relationship. Yeah, they do. They, they're like, they're, they're on the same wave. Um, this is interesting because it's, it also brings up a conversation about boundaries. It is really, I believe it's really important for parents to be able to have some of their relationship conversations, uh, publicly within their family, um, their, their household. Um, you want to be careful to be choosy, which, which conversations you're having in person. But like, if, if you're a couple, if you are parents and you're navigating a, a recovery conversation and you have the skills at this time of your life and relationship to do it without, without violence, without, um, animosity, without all of that big yelling, nonviolent communication. Um, if you can do that, have this in front of your children, no matter yeah. what age they are. Don't, yeah. don't, you don't always have to be like, let's go deal with this behind closed doors. Let's not do this in front of the kids. If you're talking with each other with respect and you're still navigating a conversation that will serve your children for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And Matt has the same issue because he eventually admits like, I don't know how to argue. I just run most likely because his parents never demonstrated the conflict resolution mm -hmm. skills, most likely because they don't have them themselves or like Bria saying, they did it behind closed doors and Matt never got to see what that's like. Right. But you yeah. know, they both, so we have two people trying to get married who lack conflict resolution skills or lack yeah. the ability to share, uh, emotional intimacy, you know, and vulnerabilities. And so we're seeing how tumultuous that is, uh, that is the number one factor in why this relationship is so volatile. Yeah. So I just, I'm, you know, this is why studying human behavior is so fascinating to me because if we don't know, we, we, we are a, we are a species of monkey see monkey do. We don't teach our children how to walk. They just start doing it from pure observation. It is the same with everything else. The way you speak to them, the way you speak to others, they are hearing, they are observing. And it's shown statistically that children were, will do what you do way more than what you tell them to do. Okay. So if you are not right. modeling what you are trying to teach them, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, I thought that was a really interesting discussion. Um, yeah. I thought that it was on. laughable. I thought that it was laughable that Matt calls their fights that they've had so far as stirrups. Yeah, I don't like When it. they have been some of the most explosive relationship Abusive. conflicts that yeah. we've seen in, in this show out of all of these couples. It's so bad, you know, and I just, I actually want to pause here for a moment and say that, you know, we have gotten way more airtime of every other couple except Brennan and Alexa and why most likely because Brennan and Alexa are having conscious relationship conversations. When you think about it, like going back and forth of like, if Brie and I were to film a whole episode of us just being like, so tell me about your family dynamic and like, how was that growing up? Like you guys would probably be like, what? But when we put an argument of Colleen and Matt screaming at each other or doing whatever, right? Like that mm -hmm. gets way more, oh wait, I gotta, let me get the popcorn. I gotta watch. And yeah. it's just like, mm -hmm. we need to, we need to be aware of that within our own selves. It's a natural human thing. It's like, it's again, it's like, you can't look away from the car crash type thing, you know? Mm -hmm. simultaneously we do not want to emulate those behaviors so it's like catch yourself catch yourself yeah um, 
So, yeah, so she meets them, and then they, can we go to their date now in the fish tunnel? Do we have anything else we want to say about this The fish tunnel. No, I don't. Let's go to the fish tunnel. Okay. (laughs) I put their date in fish tunnel is what I have. (laughs) I really did not like basically everything Matt said on this date. I did not like anything he said. He was like, I have this quote. You've been putting in a lot of effort in terms of our fits. So I wanted to put in a little effort too. Okay. You've been putting in a lot of effort. So I wanted to put in a little effort too. And then it's like, what about you putting in effort for your fits? Go ahead. I have. So my biggest note on the fish tunnel day is like, this is this is the thing that we have to remember. We should not be accepting big romantic fish tunnel size gestures to recover from and make up for explosive abusive fights, toxic. Yes, fights. please. Don't. Please. Like like he's like, you know, the the two of them have been through it. It is not enough and please please catch yourself because it is manipulative. Catch yourself when you see your partner trying to do this when they're, yeah, this partner is like, I know it's been really hard. AKA, I know that I leave at the first sign of me not liking you and scream at you afraid that you're going to, that you're going to leave me. And so me trying to self-sabotage this entire thing, I'm screaming at you. I'm literally treating you like, I'm punishing you like a child. And I'm so sorry about that. Here's a fish tunnel date. Yeah. Here are some roses. Here's some flowers. Here's like a lovely sit down dinner where we are so far removed from those fights that now you're just looking at me. We've got this romantic setting and you get to reconnect with why you like me, AKA why you want to fuck me. And that is fucking manipulative. It is. Yeah. It felt really icky. And then it gets ickier because, oh, this, this, I wanted to punch him in the face. I wanted to, I wanted to come through the TV and insert myself into the fish tunnel and punch him in the face. I'm not going to lie. Alex's fight response came out hard here. Cause here's what happened. Matt says, legit, tell me right now how you feel about marrying me. No BS. Legit. Tell me, tell me, tell me. And she's like, she starts to answer honestly. And is like, I don't know. I wonder if you'll be gone. If shit hits the fan, like she's trying to articulate, like, I love you. And this is my concern. You know, I want to feel like when things get hard, you're in it with me. Not you're going to be like pieces, you know, pieces, piece, deuces, deuce slash pieces, pieces, pieces. Um, (laughs) So now here's where I don't like she's answering and explaining this. And he goes, just say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. Stop playing games, Colleen. Just say it. And I was like, she is saying it. You don't want to hear it because it's not the way she's not saying it in the way that he wants her to. So she finally was like, okay, fine. No. And it felt really instigating slash I'm going to use this against you in the future, like type setup, because now all he's going to hear from what she said is, no, I'm not ready to marry you instead of. The entire paragraph that she spoke beforehand about how much she likes him and cares about him and wants this to work. And her only concern is when things get hard, you bolt, right? And Mm -hmm. it felt really, really nasty. And she just, she continues to explain, like, I'm just always questioning myself and us as us as a couple. And I'm like, girl, that is enough of a red flag to leave. Like you being in that state is enough of a sign. Yeah. I totally agree. I thought that he got really intense there. I uh, he's always so intense. He's 
the minute, the minute that some, that a conversation is not going away that he likes, I have not seen Matt like take like a receptive seat ever. Um, and like <laughs> ever when it, even especially with his when guy friends, he's intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, that was that whoa, other thing. Chill. The, yeah. he, he like connected with his, <laughs> what? the, 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 the frame frame a to frame B of like, the guys hanging out with their, their buddies on their like last bachelor night yeah. and the girls at the strip club at their bachelorette night is, was so funny to me, but yeah, Matt's talking to his friends and, and he's, he's actually very keen to listen to what his friend's interpretation is of Matt's patterns of behavior, but he's also only looking to feel affirmed and his friend wants to affirm him. He's not looking to challenge him. Probably he's probably fucking scared of him. Like I'd yeah. be scared of this dude. This dude is this dude is like sneaky scary. You don't expect that he's going to be fucking intense and scary. He, but then he's really intense. Yeah, he's somewhere on a spectrum of some sort, in my opinion. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like <laughs> he's somewhere on a spec. I I I want to say the n word, narcissism, not the other inappropriate n word. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I call it that because yeah. I I'm so hesitant to like you know, just throw that label out there because I think that that's something we do way too much. But again, the pattern of behaviors that we're seeing with Matt is he cannot take feedback. He cannot apply feedback and he's not open to hearing or receiving any kind of constructive criticism. It's just, fuck you. I'm out. And there's some, that's not normal in the, in the sense of normality, meaning consciousness grounded, you know, healing, normalcy did i explain that okay (laughs) you did you did absolutely i'm trying to remember what his friend had said but it was basically just making making it was trying to make a point about why uh matt runs um but i i just i i just think that matt really needs help i think that matt really needs to heal and recover from his relationship ending in the way that it did I, my note from this, uh, bachelor party with Matt is Matt's telling his friend he keeps overreacting and doesn't know why trauma. He says he doesn't know how to argue. He runs away trauma. (laughs) That's what I have in my notes. Exactly. Like this, this kid has so much unresolved trauma and he is so, um, oblivious to the fact that he even has trauma with him like that he is carrying yeah um and this is something that bro i fucking feel you because me too i did not think that what i went through in my childhood was abuse until i was out of the household for years and started educating myself on what abuse and trauma actually is right um and so you know we've seen matt's family we see how put together his family seems and simultaneously trauma doesn't just happen to you out of the womb right he didn't matt did not come out of of his mother already explosive anger so where did he learn it where did that develop as a coping mechanism and that is what needs to be unwound for this guy to be able to be the best version of himself now whether or not he's willing to do that i don't know doesn't yeah, seem like either. it at the moment. Yeah, I don't think they should get married. And I appreciate that Colleen's being honest with him, even though, even though it's not being received. It's terrifying. And yeah, uh, I, I appreciate that she's being honest with him about being like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel 100% certain. I know that I love you. I know that I want this to work. I know that, um, like, if if we could figure out how to make it work, I'm it down. would probably be really great. 
yeah, she was like, but it hasn't felt good the way that we've been going. And I appreciate her gut check on that because we're also seeing other couples that have really problematic patterns in their relationships too, that are still like, yeah, and I'm 10 toes down. It's like, should you be though? Should you yeah. be? Yeah. I feel like, you know, sometimes I ask, people ask me this question all, all the time, like how much fighting is bad fighting? And I'm like, it's not, there's this thing, I used to say 80-20 rule, like 80% of the time you guys should be pretty stable and maybe 20% you're like navigating conflict if you really want to look mm -hmm. for some kind of ratio. But what's way more important is, and again, Gottman Institute research here. So again, if you are in a relationship and you want to make your marriage work, Gottman Institute is going to be your best friend. They have read mm -hmm. the seven principles of making a marriage work by John and Julie Gottman. It is profound. It is wonderful. Read all of the Gottman's books, follow them on Instagram, listen to their podcast. And I promise you <laughs> things will be better. But what they talk about is it's not really about how often you fight. It's how you handle the resolution of the fighting that makes or breaks mm -hmm. the relationship. They talk about mm -hmm. that. They have several couples who fight multiple times a week right? But it's not an issue for them because of how the conflict goes down, right? And how they resolve it. Then they have some couples who maybe fight once a week, but their repair is so shitty that that's enough to destroy their relationship. So care less about the frequency and way more of how you're repairing and resolving the issue. Um, because that, again, science shows that is what actually makes or breaks the relationship is how you guys deal with it. And such an interesting parallel to Brennan and Alexa, who I really have zero notes on for this, uh, these two episodes, but if to, to relate them to this moment, they, I think it was Brennan who sort of was just like, we haven't really come up against many issues, many challenges. Yeah. They haven't fought. And what I noticed, at least what we were able to see, of course, they got very little airtime because they're like healthy. And I guess that's boo boring. I know. But what I noticed is that they're, the ways in which they have different points of view doesn't actually reach the level of conflict because they are already actively listening to one another. They are already sharing space. They are already letting people, letting each other know how they feel. So it hasn't really erupted in the ways that we've seen other couples. So like I, I would reframe it and maybe even correct them and say, you have engaged in conflict. You've just resolved it as quickly as it also came up. Yeah. And what I love about Brennan, I I love Brennan. I really do. Like mm -hmm. I, because I think that he's so accustomed to what fighting has been in his previous relationships. He's not even realizing that because of what he has with Alexa, the fighting isn't going to be the same. It's not going to feel the same because of who Alexa yeah. is and because of who he is with Alexa. So yeah. it's like, it's one of these things where and I, this is why I think, um, not think, I believe that regulating your nervous system is so important is because we, if we get so accustomed to what fighting is quote unquote supposed to be, or how it usually is, we will subconsciously start to try and bring that pattern into our relationship, which is why I love SK saying to him, don't go looking for it though, because it's yeah. so true. It's like when we are so used to, and I remember feeling this way, like I used to be, I used to equate the drama of a relationship for love. And so when I was in a stable relationship, I remember being like, should we be fighting more? Does this mean we don't really care about each other? Like, oh my God. And it kind of made me panic a little because it was secure. 
And I didn't have to wonder where I stood with my partner. And so I'm seeing that with Brennan and Alexa. And thankfully, they're way more healthy conscious than I was in that point in my life. But I, I have so much, you know, excitement for them if they just continue doing what they're doing because it's already yeah. working for them. Yeah. yeah. You go. Go, um, Glenn Coco. Let's talk about Nancy and Bartice. Okay, let's. Here's my thing about <laughs> Nancy and Bartice. Like, I, I get that things have shifted for Bartice. I get that towards the wedding. He feels he's re rediscovered his attraction to Nancy. Yeah. Nancy is still just as committed as she ever was. Yep. I, this is just a personal take. Yep. Let's go. I am just not buying Nancy's confidence in Bartice. Me neither. I'm not buying it. Me neither. I think she desperately wants to believe that because she doesn't want to feel rejected, especially rejected for her physicality. So I think she is trying so hard to be like, we're going to do it. We're doing it. Look at us, babe. We're doing it. We're doing it. And like trying to convince herself and them of that with that energy. I, I just, every, every time she has like a, a one-on-one -on -one interview with the producers, every time so she's talking to Bartice about it. Like the way in which she talks about her confidence in mm. Bartice being the person that she chooses. I, it just, it's hollow. Yeah. I can't describe it any other way. And I don't even yeah. really know what I'm noticing. It just, it's, it's like saying something and knowing that you don't really mean it. I don't feel, I don't feel the emotion. I, I hear words Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think she just doesn't want to fail. She doesn't want to deal with the rejection of it. So she's trying to just like force it to work and yeah. kind of drag in Bartice through the line. I think, I think Bartice, sure. He's short-term found his, uh, re-attraction with her, but I don't trust it. It's like what happens when he goes out for a night with the guys to watch football on a Monday night or something and sees a hot girl at the bar who can talk football with him. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't, I don't trust it. Um, yeah. I don't see the camaraderie in their relationship like I do with Brennan and Alexa. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. that bond. Not that, even, like, not I even got similar. You, you got me. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like the, the, the recaps that they do, the, the literal highlight reel of the nicest yeah. parts of their relationship yeah. that you get to see. I don't even really see them bounce off of each other as a couple like they did in the pods. They keep referring no. to it as like, and that's why he's my best friend. That's why she's my best friend. We just like that energy, that energy, the energy. And I think that the two of them, from my perspective, are really just two default, they're tiggers, you know? Yeah, but they're tiggers yeah. in like, that's their default and that's how they navigate most situations. By, t by tigger, I mean like, like, like in Winnie the Pooh, like they're up, they're, yeah. they're bouncy. They, they, they got energy. And, We're going, it's fun, fun, but, fun, fun, fun. Right. <laughs> and instead of that, just being a reflection of the joy that they actually feel like a true fucking Tigger. Yeah. They're doing it because that's, that's a, a performative version of coping themselves. mechanism. Yeah. Yes. And I think yeah. that whatever energy they may still exchange from one another is actually just that. Right, yeah. like the the fun, like look at us, like look at the room, but a but ooh, hee hee hee. They even did it at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. It. I didn't like that. I did not like the beginning of their wedding with them 
um, almost like doing a speech to the crowd. Like none of you will understand what we've been through. And it's like, okay, yeah, let's start our wedding by ostracizing everyone here who's supporting us. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, but again, I know it's not consciously done to ostracize. It's actually more to try and bargain with Nancy. Like I'm in this with you because they don't understand us, but I understand you and you understand me. But that's Mm -hmm. my fear is because of the desperation of trying to do that. And like, feel the teamwork, feel the camaraderie, create something that's not really there. Like my personal opinion is everything for Bartice actually stopped when he saw Nancy. Like not initially, I think at first it was fine. Maybe let me rephrase when he saw Raven after choosing Nancy. Um, mm. And I think that's when his 180 happened. Cause he's like, Oh my God, I connected with Raven and look how hot she is. I think there's a part of Bartice that's like, what other hot women could I potentially connect with that are like Raven in that way in the real mm. world. But meanwhile, he's committed to Nancy who he does. There's a part of him that loves her. Absolutely. But as we've discussed all the time, love isn't enough. And I don't, Bartice said this to Nancy to her face after the second thing with the second couple outing when Andrew was there too, that one, he's like, looks do matter. Then why the fuck are you on a show called Love is Blind? Like he said that multiple times. And I'm like, if that's where you're, yeah, it's like, if that's where you are. And like Nancy tried to say this, I'm never going to be your type. After he said that, she's like, I love you for who you are. It hurts to hear that you don't love me for who I am because I'm never going to be your type. That is the conversation that they still need to have. The other conversation they still need to have is the abortion situation, because I'm sorry, getting married and wanting to have kids, what are you going to do? Wait and all the way down till that pregnancy and then try and figure it out then when your time is limited and you have health stuff you have to balance? That's not the vibe. Yeah. So I just, I feel like there's so many big picture things that they have not resolved and they're just like bulldozing to the finish line and it's not going to serve them. I get that so many of us are avoidant out here in these streets. I understand. Conflict is hard. It's scary. I I just, I have to imagine that if I was on this show and I knew that there was a wedding that was happening on a, on a a, a soon approaching date, I'd be like, listen, 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 listen. We got to talk about honestly, all of the things. Maybe we take, maybe we do it in series. Maybe take breaks, but we, we gotta, we gotta sort these things out. Yeah. Like, what do we think about this? What do we think about that? We got to we gotta get on the same page about all of these things. And if we don't, that's okay. But we will find out that this is not for us. And maybe yeah. we'll tell the producers and the producers will let us get all the way to the wedding. But we know what we're going to say. We know that we're going to say no. You know what I mean? Like, I just... Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Why are we it, doing that? I, again, because I think a lot of people think getting married will solve the problem. I think this show yeah. perpetuates that. Like if we can just make it to the marriage, everything will feel more stable and secure. And it's like a piece of paper that you both sign does not bring more security and stability. A piece of metal around your finger does not bring more security and stability. Like what does is having the uncomfortable conversations. And I encourage you to find a part of you that can bring light to that and be like, Hey baby, like what I try, like personally, my Alexism is like, I, I acknowledge that and, 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 conf- and bring out the white elephant or the elephant in the room first. I'm like, Hey, I have to have an c- uncomfortable conversation with you is now an okay time. Like I try and just be like, look, this isn't going to be great, but like, I want to talk about this. So like, can, can, are we good? Like, yeah, <clears throat> because I think what doesn't work is like 
people trying to come at it all light and airy fairy when it's like it's serious though you know and it's serious furious yeah so it's like just be like hey baby i you know i i love you so much and i care about you so much and i'm feeling the need to kind of have a conversation around you know how we would handle if we were to get pregnant and our kid the fetus was you know testing for special like whatever disorder or whatever right, issue right. like how would we let's talk about that you know like this yeah. is what i would want to know these are the parameters that i would be open to aborting it these are the parameters where i would want to keep the baby what are you yeah. thinking and feeling about that you know like if we can express it ahead of time it takes the pressure of like let's avoid the uncomfortability off because it's like you've already called it out that it's going to be uncomfortable but now you're mm -hmm. in that discomfort together instead mm -hmm. of trying to be like let's keep it up here the whole time you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah i just feel that that's the best way to do it you know i wonder even if they when still... i sorry i was just gonna say i wonder if they still recognize that these are conversations that like could be deal breakers that they have not yet had um, I think they both, I want to say this about both of them. I think they both think they will win the argument. And so they're ignoring it because they both are assuming the other person will cave to their liking. I really think that's what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're like, let's just ignore it because I'm going to win if we have to deal with this anyway. So right. all good. And it's so like, true. no, so true. <laughs> yeah. So we are left on a cliffhanger. Nancy says, I do to Bartise and then credits roll. So we will see what Bartise says to Nancy. I can't really, what's your guesstimate? I really hope Bartise says no, but they're both quite performative, I've learned. So yeah. I could see them saying yes for like the gram. <laughs> Me too. I think I, I want Bartise to say no for the sanctity of them both as individuals. And I know it I would agree. crush Nancy, but I know that it's good for them in the long run. Simultaneously yeah. leading up to the wedding and how his father was like, that's something your mom would do, you know, and Bartise is like realizing how much of a catch Nancy is because it she is a catch, right? Totally. They're just not a match for each other. And um, I think he might there's a part of me that thinks he might say I do again because he knows logically how much of a great catch Nancy is, but emotionally, I don't think he really cares about her in the way that um, a partner with that kind of commitment would care about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Speaking of catches, I'm looking at two right now. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm What's looking that? at you. I'm looking at me and, and yet still not a fit for everyone. Like, no. Oh like, my God. I am so not a fit for everyone. <laughs> no, I know I'm not. You can, you can like recognize that your partner is a catch and still, and still feel in your gut, which I think that everyone is navigating every, it's so interesting. You can actually see, even though this is a show and I'm sure that there's parts of it that are staged or kind of scripted and, and, uh, embellished Instigated. For, yeah, yeah. For entertainment's purpose. But like, I can see these people as real people fighting this war with their intuitions, but their intuitions are very loud and very clear. Yeah. Y'all yeah. shouldn't be in this relationship except for Alexa and Brennan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Anyway. Um, who's next? Alexa well, and Brennan. They're no, great. They talk they're great. about juice. They talk about the differences between Judaism and Christianity, and I thought it was really cute. And their date was cute. The end. <laughs> their date was cute. It sounds like it sounds like, um, yeah, they were just talking about some of the customs of like uh, the Jewish weddings that they're familiar with, and then 
uh, like Brendan was talking about how he's like open to learning and that's probably going to be really important so he can feel more informed about what any of this means in the world of Judaism. So good for them. Uh, love to see it. SK and Raven. I was actually pleasantly surprised about these two at first. Um, Me too. I thought for the longest time I was like SK or Raven's not into SK. She's going to be over it. There's going to be way more fighting. But actually, as they've gotten closer to the wedding day, they've gotten more and more secure and grounded in their connection with one another. Um, So... I'm really proud of them. Their biggest thing was the family and the long distance. What do you have to say? They've been a beautiful slow burn. Yeah, like, they really have. I think that they did truly honor the intentions that they set in the pods, which was let's love each other in our uniquely best ways. Let's yeah. preserve the individuality that exists between the both of us. And while they didn't start super connected, that those healthy boundaries and that open dialogue allowed them to continue to foster a really deep connection. Yeah. And for that, I say that they have been a really, really wonderful model of a different kind of relationship typically showcased on these shows. Agreed. I so agree. I think out of the rest of the batch, they're the second healthiest. I really do. Um, I loved how on their little gondola dinner date thing that Raven starts to, they kind of share like what they love about each other. And unlike Cole, who's like, I love your red lipstick. You look so hot in the sunset. Um, you know, what I loved about Raven and I completely agree is she's <laughs> like, I love, I love how thoughtfully articulate you are SK. And I was like, so true. I love yeah. that about him. Yeah. And so I needed to see that. And I was pleasantly surprised that they both like, really, they were so, they were kissing, they were making out. I felt the vibes. I was like, okay, here we go. Like, good, good for you guys. Happening. Yeah. I was so proud. So yeah. I'm really happy with them. Um, and then they get to wedding day. Do you want to say okay, anything wait, wait, else wait. till we yeah, go? I have, yeah. I have, I have, Two other things to say. Um, that boat moment for the two of them. The boat moment. They, they gave such a good example of an intimacy building exercise for couples. Yeah. So when we even talked about this in the beginning of the episode, we're talking about intimacy that doesn't always mean sex and sexuality. No. You, yeah. in, intimacy typically is really important in relationships. And if it's something that you're looking for, I tend to find that we are very tunnel vision of that means we need to be having more sex. No, it does not. Right. No, it does yes. not. Thank um, you. This is a really wonderful way to foster and build intimacy, to bring it into your world without it mm -hmm. having anything to do with sex. And that's yes. tell your partner why you love them. What do you yes. love about them? We oftentimes also assume that our partners know exactly why we love them because we spend so much time together and we see each other and maybe they hear us say thank you for dinner and blah, blah, blah. But that's very different to like go through the monotony of day in and day out. It's very different than being able to look at your partner and say, I love that when we come home from work, you think about me and you think about us and you think about yeah. what we're going to eat. I love that. Like when I pull into the driveway, you are already opening the door and you're going to come help me with the groceries. Like those are, oh, those are little yes. things, but those are like, those are, it's a beautiful opportunity to really tell someone like, I see you, I, I feel that from you and I, and I 
don't know if you have, I don't know how aware you are of how much that means to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's intimacy. That is intimacy. And it's also positive reinforcement. And I think a lot of people don't understand, like, this is going to sound so juvenile, but like, we're fucking animals, you guys. We are no different than dogs. Like, you, uh, actually, how we feel about our dogs is a secure attachment, right? When our dogs misbehave, we aren't like, what the hell? You did that on purpose. You shat on the rug because you spited me. It's like, no, I was gone all day. He pooped. I understand. I'm so sorry. Let me clean this up. Try not to poop in the house, please. Let me take you outside <laughs> and take care of you. Like we give them the benefit of the doubt, right? But mm. then it's like with humans, we're in this posture of like, you should know better. It's like, wait a second. Really? So when we can take the time to be like, I love the fact that you helped me take the garbage out. I love the fact that when I'm having a rainy day, you know exactly what to get me from, you know, my favorite ice cream or you're going to rub my feet or whatever it is like, you know, and I I love that. And Mm -hmm. I value that in you because when you can tell your partner that guess what's going to happen, they're going to continue to do it. They're going to do more of it. Do more of it. So it's like, we just like your dog will sit and not shit in the house if you praise them when they don't shit in the house so it's like we need to cultivate that you know in our relationships and start treating your partner the way you treat your pet and i promise you yeah i promise in the way that like we aren't looking for like you knew you knew this was gonna upset me and you did it anyway it's like no you know sometimes they're just humans you know yeah so it's like yeah, I just think that there's there's a layer of being a, a parent to an animal that can teach you those things, you know, and yeah. really foster the opportunity for you to take that new perspective, you know? Same with babies. Absolutely. Same but with like, babies, same with children. Yeah. I, I, I loved that moment felt like these are two people that really see each other and have allowed the best parts of themselves to be seen by the other and have those parts of them be uh, celebrated and nurtured. Yeah. And I think that the two of them have learned a lot about themselves in their relationship so far in such a short amount of time too. Um, I also loved, like, I love that SK while he was at like the bachelor rodeo situation opted out of the weird the cattle thing. Yeah. The cattle thing. Like, I love that he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything about my last day as a single person needs to be reflected in what's going on over here. He's like, that's not for me. Yeah. I loved that. Me too. And I love that Raven at the, at the strip club, like the camera just pans to her face and she's just like, (laughs) she was just like, it was hilarious. It was the funniest thing that they've done in this season. Um, And I just also love that she just owned that. Like, this is not her jam. She's like, oh. the girls, they are having fun for me, not my cup of tea. And yeah, I just love like, that. She's like, I am too grown for this. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally. Girl. Um, yeah, it was it was funny. Yeah. They're, it was they funny. were a good match in the end. They, again, like even side by side, those two separate gendered experiences, I still felt like these are people who are a pretty good fit for one another. They are. Um, yeah. And then they go to the wedding and the wedding is like the ceremony of their wedding is really beautiful. It like is. the way that SK talks about Raven mm. and what they've built up until then. And the way yeah. that Raven talked about SK was so 
I felt it like deep in my chest. Yeah. And they didn't end up getting married. I know. I was I was kind of sad. I thought they would. I, I was by sad. then I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to do it." I thought it was so cute that SK's mom when there was a pause and clearly there was a pause, she like was mouthing, "I do. I do. Say I do." She was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. yeah. Um I thought that was really cute. I you know, I really Raven, so Raven was of the mindset she was going to say I do. She admits this to us later. SK says, yeah. "I do not." And expresses, you know, despite my love for you, this isn't the right time. And as hard as that probably was for SK, I respect him because I get it. I get it. Yeah. I think they probably could have gotten married and worked through, like, continued being them. And prob they probably would have had some ups and downs, but they would have figured it out. But I also understand not wanting to go to school and handle that at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, like I was, then, like, I was. Why sad. go on the show? Why go on the show? Because I think he was hoping for someone who would be open to moving to California with him. Yeah. He kind of finally admitted that. And the thing is, is Raven is so set in her career in Dallas. It doesn't make sense for her to move, you know. Um, but totally. you know, to SK's point, like, could you be more open-minded about doing long distance, even though that's not what you want? But because you value, because you value Raven, and he finally admitted, like, I would rather risk losing her than forcing us to do be in something that's going to be painful for us both and i get that you know what i mean so yeah. raven handled it like a champ she was like give me a hug you know she was sad she walked herself down the aisle and then she like took, i cried oh, i know me too. I cried too. And then um, his mom went in and was like, I don't understand necessarily what SK meant, but she was like, I'm sad. His mom totally like wanted them to get married. Um, yeah. I so, thought that that was a really reparative moment. Agreed. And Raven, Raven and, his, and SK's mom were able. Yeah. Like I think and that I it love was really she could beautiful. say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she even said, I love that we can do this though. And, and I, yeah. you know, Raven, snaps for Raven, man. She took that mm. public rejection like a champ and wasn't never once was she like why doesn't he love me like she never took no. it as a reflection of her she just she understood that it didn't have to do with her value and yeah. i just want to say like thank you for modeling that for women across the world because yes. it's like Absol i totally yeah. agree i thought that that was like really beautiful none of it was performative none of it, it no felt, there was a true knowing like even though that had to have been devastating and not what not what they wanted and it broke my heart when she was like i was prepared to say i do today um yeah so clearly it's not what she wanted but there was such a knowing where sk didn't have to explain himself more in mm -mm. order to uh like help have his decision be heard and understood by her so yeah I love that she was able to give him that. And I really reflected on like why this also may have been like a, a positive goodbye. And I think that the two of them really gained a lot in their experience, even though they didn't end up tying the knot and getting married. Yeah. There's a part of me that is, is slash was, and cause I don't know, like I haven't looked up any spoilers or anything, but I was hoping that they would continue to date at least and maybe in the future get married. I don't know if that happened. I don't know anything. We will see in the future. You might know maybe. spoilers. I don't know anything. No, 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 but, I know nothing. 
but I just was like, because they do, they do have a really good foundation, like a really good base. So I'm just curious to know, like, if they do, or if they're fond of each other enough, because it seems like they were to continue dating, you know? Um, I also want to say this for, for Snaps for Raven is she was in this like villa that they rented for their wedding or whatever for all the weddings and she took a Mm -hmm. moment to be like i just want to lay down and she laid down and like Mm -hmm. met that part of herself instead of forcing herself to rip the dress off take the makeup off get the hair undone gtfo get my yoga (laughs) pants on let me run to my coping mechanisms she honored I was really proud of her for honoring the sadness and by like, let me just slow down and like with her wedding dress on, just like laid down on the bed that was Which in there and did was not like, look comfortable. <laughs> no, I think she was trying to not mess it up because it was a rental. I think she was trying to like not mess up the bed covers because she like put herself on the edge and was like, let me be here. But I really <laughs> appreciated the demonstration of not rushing through the emotion. Mm. And I th- that is so powerful. So many people think that if we're feeling some kind of way, the fastest way to get over it is to move, is to do something, is to be social, mm. is to quiet. But all we're doing is we're numbing out. So, you know, Mm -hmm. so many people think the only way you numb out emotions is by substance abuse. You can numb out emotions by going to the gym all the time. You can numb out emotions by watching TV or playing video video games all the time. Be conscious about what you are doing when you choose to be in these modes, right? And so I was really proud of her for not... For just for not snapping to like, oh, well, this is what usually makes me feel better. She's like, I'm just going to be here in this in in, where I was supposed to be married in the dress I was Mm. supposed to be married in. And let me just give myself a minute to like realize and process what just happened, you know. Um, So thank you, Raven, for demonstrating holding space for our own emotions, you know, like it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. I I like a big sad. I loved them. Yeah. Me too. I, but I also I, respect it. I wonder what will happen at the reunion. Me That's too. I'm, I'm excited. I might, I'm like, watch this today. I know. Me I too. Watch just, to just to know. Just to know. I just want to know. And then I'll maybe I'll watch it again to like refresh before we like record. Okay. We but, talk about it. Okay. Oh, so anyway. let's let's move into the end of our show, which usually we call red flag, green flag, but we're going to switch it up to what are we ditching? What yeah, are, cause obviously the name stuff. of our show, we're ditching stuff. Okay. So <laughs> the, so the red flags are now going to be, what are we ditching this week? Okay? What are we ditching? Mm-hmm. All right. What are we ditching this week? <laughs> we're ditching. Ooh. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I was going to name mine. Oh, I yeah. was going to say we are ditching um clouding conflict resolution with i love you's and sweeping it under the rug like mm. that we need to sit with the conflict and yes it's going to be uncomfortable you parts language is great for this a part of me is feeling really uncomfortable doing this up and a part of me knows that i really need to talk about this with you is now a good time like we need to actually talk about the shit that upsets us. Otherwise, there is no never going to be any resolution and it's always just going to be upsetting to you. So we are ditching yeah. We're ditching sweeping stuff under the love uh, under the rug and just being like, love you, kissy, kissy. We're fine. Bye. Bye. Um, we are also ditching, uh, holding on to relationships that clearly don't feel good, are not good for us. And like, we can see in every ignoring our gut intuition, intuition that says not good, not feeling good, not my best self, 
we're ditching hanging on to those relationships just for quote love yes or the fear of having to start over no yes no we're ditching start over start over now that's right that's right (laughs) are there any like trophy moments we want to give out any green flags i think i'll give the green flag for sk I will for making for loving someone and making a decision that's best for the both of you because of the circumstances, despite it being hard and despite it being in a public fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Honoring yourself, honoring your own needs and what's best for you. While. um, (laughs) I forgot her name. (laughs) Oh, shit. Nancy. uh, No, no, Raven. Raven. While Raven does like, I do really think that she gets like queen green light green flag agreed um, this yeah. week i'm actually going to award a green flag trophy to fuck what's her colleen i'm there giving it to colleen thank you we got there <laughs> i'm giving it to <laughs> as we sure did slowly but surely i'm giving it to colleen for saying that she's not ready to marry matt under these circumstances um i think that that's important for her to say so that she, if yes. anything, if even if he never hears it, so that she can hear it herself. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about Colleen, and again, this is also a trophy thing, is her doing that despite the fear, the potential fear she's probably, because now she's been conditioned. Like when I do, when I say certain things, he reacts badly. And she still was like, okay, fine. You want to hear what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. And um, I think that that's really important. That was a badass bitch move, girl. Get it. Done. Snaps for Colleen. Okay. Cool. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We love you so much. Happy fucking New Year. Happy New Year. Um, Go show love to our social medias. We're mostly active on Instagram. I really haven't updated our TikTok in a long time. Don't tell my boss. Don't tell anybody. What boss? (laughs) You're my boss. There's no Um, boss. No, I'm not. We're each each other's boss. We're co-bosses. We're Um, co-bosses. Don't tell my boss. Okay. Uh, Go to our our Instagram and our TikTok if you want to just like remind us to use it at Ditch the Script Pod. (laughs) Um, Go to our website, www.ditchthescriptpod.com to um, ask us a question. You can also apply for a free 30-minute mini session. We will do that here. We will sort out your issues of what we can handle. Um, And follow our YouTube. We upload these full episodes there. If you like what we're doing, please rate, review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. Yes. And Spotify. Leave us all the stars in a review us saying how much you love stars. us. Yeah. yeah. And we hope you have a very healthy and safe new year. Be kind to yourselves. Yes. Be kind to yourselves. Love yourselves. And we'll see you next week. Pieces. Bye. We did it.